Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball every weekday. Stay informed by making us part of your morning or afternoon commute. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcasts. Simply subscribe to Locked on Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56, along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. And if you listen to Locked on Kentucky on a regular basis, you are going to get info on the cats that you just won't get anywhere else. Today, we're talking about what else? Another close call, the cats against Utah Valley. That'll take up segments one, two, and three tonight, Kyle. Yeah, I don't think there's anything else to talk about. I mean, <laughs> football football's going to win this weekend. <laughs> yes, so, they will become uh, bowl eligible. UT Martin, uh, and I think all anybody's going to be thinking or talking about is how Kentucky uh, was up by one point with uh, like five minutes to go in the game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I'm sorry. With 3.26 to go in the game, their 16-point yeah. lead was down to one point, uh, and, and you had to legitimately wonder if they were – I mean, it, I can't even think about how s- staggering uh, it would have been for them to lose – not only lose back-to-back home games and lose back-to-back in the non-conference, but to lose back-to-back to Evansville and Utah Valley. Uh, no kidding. Would have just been – crazy and uh you know they played a lot better for most of the game against utah valley than they did against evansville again they were up 16 i mean evansville pretty well handled them from tip to to final buzzer but uh, yeah evansville led most of the game yeah this time you know kentucky led like uh 34 minutes and 36 seconds and utah valley led a minute 23 right um so, and when they got up 16, they kind of got on a roll. You know, Hagens and Richards were playing well together, and Nate was giving them some good stuff. You thought, okay, well, they've stabilized a little bit. This isn't a total route, but they've stabilized. They were only up eight at halftime. Got it to 16 really quick. They came roaring out of the gate after halftime. Um, but then it was just, you know, this kid – T.J. Washington, I was sitting next to Ben Roberts, and he and I kept, like, thinking, it's at, you know, you're in Rupp Arena here, and T.J. Yeah. Washington. It's like, wait, right. P.J. Washington? Uh, but he went nuts. He hit five threes all in the second half, ended up with 22 points, hit three in a row at one point, and crazy yeah. deep heap check. And all of a sudden, it's a game. And, you know, given the makeup of this team and, and what they just went through and how many young guys they're playing and still more injuries, Emmanuel quickly out a surprise scratch before the game with a chest injury. So they had seven scholarship players because EJ's still out and Dante's still not back. You know, when they got when they made that run, I kind of felt like they were going to lose. Um, yeah, it you know, felt it, that way. When it got to that three-and-a-half-minute mark and it was just a one-point game and Calipari mentioned it afterward, I was the one who called for us to go to the zone, but sure enough – we go to the zone, and he said the wing left him, and and uh, that kid hits that three, and that got him going. And then he hits the next one, and the next one. And they, I mean, it felt that one. It looked like thirty feet. I mean, it was, and I just thought, yeah, here it comes. Yeah, are they going to fold again? I mean, what a what a disaster they avoided, and I don't know. It may just be just delaying their fate as as a team that's just going to fall apart and not be that good, but. Uh, I, I do think there's value in the fact that they finished and, and, and held off that disaster. And, and what kind of one of the things I wrote about, uh, by the time people listen to this, it'll be up on The Athletic, um, 
is they lean, you know, this what was supposed to be the strength of this team is that they were, they were going to be a veteran team by Calipari standards. They were going to have five experienced college basketball players. Right. You know, they were going to have two sophomore or three sophomores, Hagens and Quickly and EJ Montgomery, all of whom were five star guys, who, all of whom played significant minutes last year. You know, Ashton being obviously the starting point guard. They were going to have junior Nick Richards. They were going to have a fifth-year senior in, in the graduate transfer, Nate Sestina, to go with these freshmen, and they were going to have some experience to lean on. Well, two of those guys are out tonight, Quickly and, and Montgomery, two starters. Not a small thing for anybody. Um, you know, but then, you know, so that's hurt them. The, I mean, the only game that all those five guys have played, they won against Michigan State. Uh, yeah. Maybe worth noting. But without those guys and with the freshmen still playing pretty poorly, I mean, Tyrese Maxey has been just on a downward spiral since that huge game at the Garden. He was 4-14 shooting tonight. Calipari uh, was tough on him oh, in the post-game. Yeah. Both specifically, specifically and sort of like non-specifically, right. but obviously about him. He, he made several references to basically Maxey didn't play well offensively, so he just stopped paying attention to what we were doing as a team you know, because it's all about himself. But but they lean they did lean at the end on those three veteran guys that they did have and I thought the fact that they all all three rose to the occasion was a was a pretty big deal in general they did you know Sestina had twelve rebounds yeah uh, Nick had twenty one and ten his second twenty and ten game in the last three that's huge for them and Ashton had a career high twenty six points six assists five uh, rebounds. Uh, so in general, they rose to the occasion, but in, in crunch time, they did in particular. It got to one point, and then over the final 216, when they were up by one, Nate had an and one that was huge, three-point play. Nick tipped in a miss uh, at the rim, and Ashton Hagens made six out of six free throws uh, in yeah. those final two minutes. And they dragged that young team across the finish line. So it was a, another alarming night. But also, you saw some things that you could go, when they get back to full strength, they can probably build on you know, X, Y, and Z here. Well, I thought it was huge when Utah Valley went to the zone. And, you know, people give Calipari criticism all the time for the way he coaches and that, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't run things and blah, blah, blah. But uh, he went through Ashton Hagens, put Ashton Hagens on the baseline against that zone, and that was everything. They were able to... Uh, make some plays against that zone because of Ashton being on the baseline and putting him in that spot. And that led to some stuff where they were able to have some success. And I thought that was a great coaching move. And you, you look at what Ashton Higgins did, that 26 points. I mean, it's, he's only had 20 points in one other game, and that was that, that breakout game he had against Georgia. Georgia, uh, yeah. Um, and, and yeah, then the tonight t- was a night where he had to be the guy. Yeah. And he was the guy, you know. I mean, look, it's not a great opponent. And so you go, oh, he had to be the guy, against, and he was against Utah Valley. But it, but they they were on the ropes, and they needed him, and he delivered. He made, yeah. he made all 12 free throws tonight. Yeah, 12 of 12 at the free throw line. The last Wildcat to, to make at least 12 um, from the free throw line uh, and be perfect was Jody Meeks in his uh, Tennessee record-breaking Tennessee 54 game. 54 point points, game, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so – yeah, he the was, game in which he said, I did an oral history on that last year, it, it, towards the end after he'd been taunted by a Tennessee player, the legend goes that as he was making his free throws to get to 50, 
He looked at the guy on the line and said, that's 50 MFR. Yes. <laughs> yes, I, I was there and I heard that story right after the game. Yeah, it was. Uh, that's that, pretty awesome. That was a magical night. But, yeah, they needed Hagens the way he played tonight for sure. And then um, with Nick Richards, even with him missing all those close, close-range shots, just how many times did he get close to the basket where he just – he just couldn't get it to go, but I guess not too many. You would he only missed. 20. He was eight of eleven from the field. Yeah, yeah. He missed, so he missed one baseline jumper and two close range, like one lob that I don't know how he didn't finish it. But he, right. he had the big one that counted at the end. He had the tip in, and then, and as you were saying, in that plan with Ashton attacking the zone from the from the baseline was all pretty much a two man game with he and Nick. It was right. him driving and throwing lobs and him driving and kicking out to to Nick who. I thought one of the probably the most interesting quote of the night was Cal said, what you're seeing is Nick. He might not be a three-point shooter, but he might be. Are you ready for this, folks? Our best shooter. Yeah. Uh, and that they're actually running offense to get him that 12-foot shot and that elbow jumper. Because, because after the game, Ashton said that he makes 60 and sometimes 70 jump shots from that kind of that 12-foot range in the five-minute shooting drill at practice for Kentucky. Wow. Um, you know, Ke- so, Keon Brooks is good at that that mid range jumper as well. Yeah, not so good at the long two. Like he he's taking some <laughs> right. contested long twos that are a, a disaster. But yeah, not so bad at the mid range. But yeah, I mean, I, I thought just on a on a generally sort of worrisome night, I thought Nick and Ashton especially were very 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 encouraging. Because once you do get, you know, EJ back and you have Emmanuel back, I think you just I, I think once that's the case, you just Cal just should should lean into the veteran thing. Play as yeah. play as five play as five veterans all the minutes they can handle. Um, you know, and and let these young guys come along as they however they come along. Yeah, he's gonna have to and um it was funny just because you know, as Utah Valley got close and listened to the broadcast, Tom Hart, who I think does a fine job, but he kept he kept bringing up you know the last time Kentucky lost back to back non conference games nineteen eighty nine under Billy said, Gillespie right under Billy Gillespie people yes, were telling kept, me about that and he just got confused that yes and then he finally corrected himself at the very close to the end of the game that they, he Gillespie lost the back to back conference games in his final season which yes that did yeah. help. But the nail in the coffin was when Billy Gillespie said, I'm not an ambassador for this university. That, <laughs> that was the real nail in the coffin, Tom Hart. Yeah. All right, we need to take a break, and we'll uh, get more into this game a little bit and um, uh, talk about Johnny Juzang, and um, uh, we'll do that. Uh, but first, let me tell you about DoorDash. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code Locked On. Listening on the go? If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com forward slash offers. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Okay, welcome back to the Locked On Kentucky podcast. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56, along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. Uh, You just finished writing your story for The Athletic, uh, so it'll be up there when you're listening to this. 
uh, on this game tonight. And I found one of the interesting comments that uh, John Calipari said, Johnny Juzang. I mean, one of the things about uh, not having Emmanuel quickly and not having EJ Montgomery and just having seven scholarship players is that Johnny Juzang needed to play out of necessity and Calipari liked what he saw out of him. Yeah, two thing, two kind of you know easy to overlook things. Uh, contributions from two freshmen that I thought were huge were Johnny uh, and Khalil Whitney tonight. Dislocated a finger. Yeah, this was when the game was very much in doubt. He dislocated a finger. He still ran. He was in a terrible pain. He sprinted back on defense. Uh, got into a play where there was a loose ball rebound. Stuck his mangled hand in there try to get it and helped it. Kentucky ended up getting it. I don't think he got the rebound, but Kentucky ended up getting the rebound. And as everybody started running back, Whitney snapped his finger back in place yeah. and, and then gave the thumbs up. <laughs> like I can keep right. going. Now they pulled him out and he didn't play again. Cal said he doesn't, doesn't hopes he doesn't miss any time. They can't yeah. afford anybody Yeah, you else. better hope he doesn't yeah. miss Cause any they time. Because fin- they finished that game with six scholarship players. Uh, but Cal basically said like, yeah, I talked to the team about that. Like, think about what he just did there. You know, when you're trying to pull toughness out of young guys, that's nice to hold up that example as, like, this dude's got a mangled digit running down the court, <laughs> and he pops it back in and tries to keep playing. Um, but then the other one was Johnny. Um, you know, Johnny had only played 35 total minutes uh, in his first three games, only scored three total points in his first three games. Yeah, he hit one uh, three-pointer, yeah, and that was at, it. At Kentucky. And, you know, I had texted some with his dad, and, uh, you know, his, basically his dad said it's not exactly what he expected, but he's trying to be really positive, um, you know, and, and he came there to work. He knew it was going to be hard. Uh, and then we talked to Johnny on on uh, Sunday, before the game, day before the game, and I, I was super impressed by him. Just incredibly, incredibly impressed by um, – his whole attitude, which was, uh, you know, yeah, it's been harder than I thought, but that's what I came here for. Um, I'm tr- trying to pull up the, uh, the actual uh, quote there, but um, he basically said, I, you know, I picked this school because it, I wanted to go somewhere where I would run into the most adversity because that's, that's how you grow. When you fail, basically, is how you grow. When you're challenged, that's how you grow as a person and as an athlete. And I, yeah. I was just I, – I really – I thought, you know, I bet he's going to start to play well because I think keeping that mentality and not putting your head down, not thinking, yeah. like, I need to transfer. I was a five-star recruit and I'm not playing. And, you know, uh, I was just super impressed by it. And so then he comes out tonight and, you know, he didn't have this, some huge impact. He played 17 minutes and most of those he didn't do much at all. But then in the, the last four minutes and 22 seconds of the game, again, yeah. with it very much in doubt, he had a huge offensive rebound, a huge defensive rebound, uh, both of which, you know, obviously saved a possession on offense and they scored. Uh, he got fouled, made free throws. And then the other end, you know, you stop them. Their, their sort of assault as they're trying to score in a hurry and, and come back on you, getting that defensive rebound. He made And he made four out of four free throws in those final four minutes. So, you know, and after the game, Cal basically said, look, he's been, I'm really proud of him. He's been in the gym on his own. He's been spending that time. It paid off. And he said, today, Johnny proved that he should play more. And I think that's, I think that's absolutely right because, you know, I think if I'm, if I had been Johnny Juzang and not as magnanimous uh, as he has been and with such a good attitude, I would have looked at the 
last couple games and going like, who's playing so well that I don't deserve right. more minutes? Yeah. You know, exactly. like, uh, is it Keon Brooks? Is it, you know, Khalil Whitney? Uh, you know, who who's really playing so much better that I don't deserve more minutes? Um, and so, you know, then tonight with Emmanuel quickly out, he obviously absolutely needed to play uh, real minutes and did. And, and I, I think, I think going forward, a guy like Johnny probably because he is a shooter. He's a legitimate shooter who was terrific in high school and 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 at the AAU level against some top competition. Uh, he's got a beautiful looking stroke. Like he he will make shots as he the more he takes. I think he's the kind of kid you just put out there and let him play through some mistakes and get some minutes and get in a, a rhythm. But. To me, the fact that the guy who's known as a shooter comes in and grabs two of the most important rebounds of the game uh, is encouraging too. Well, and they're going to need his shooting. I mean, they need they need someone to get they going. Need some I mean, shooting. I mean, I mean, they need someone. I mean, Nate Sestina zero for three. Ashton Hagen's zero for two. Maxi one for five. Juzang zero for two from three. I mean, Kentucky in that Michigan State game was six of eighteen from three, and since then. They've gone seven of forty-three yeah, from the three-point line. It's brutal. They're twenty-one percent for the season. It's it's awful. And and Calipari even said maybe I've got to like kind of run a type of offense to where we're 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 getting open looks because the open looks aren't happening on their own. Like right. we're not they're creating taking, the yeah, open they're, looks. They're not taking a lot in general, and the ones they are taking are contested bad threes for the most part. And right. the other thing is like, okay, this is a team that made 31 of 34 free throws yeah. in this game. And for the season is now shooting almost 80% at the line. And, you know, free throw shooting is an indicator that a person can actually shoot. Right. Uh, you know, when, yeah. the, when you're projecting prospects like from high school to college, from college to the NBA, even if their you know, jump shooting numbers aren't great, if they're a really competent free throw shooter, you can say he can probably learn – he can probably be, you know, grow into a, a real shooter. So the fact that you're shooting 80% from the free throw line and 21% from the three point line does not compute. And Cal said, "That's what our staff just said. How do you do yeah. that? Like, you know, how can that? How can those two things both be true?" Um, and also, they won a game tonight in which they made one three and the other team made 11. Uh, yeah. You know, and that's pretty impressive. I mean, you know, there were a lot, a lot went wrong, but it's hard to win a game when the other team makes ten more threes than you do. Um, yeah, so. these free throws. It was the it's the second best free throw shooting per performance of the John Calipari era. Thirty one thirty four. Let me guess is the is the best the Indiana game in the NCAA it is. tournament. Because that yes, was remarkable. That was not necessarily a great three point shooting team, and then they made right. like. They made like 35 out of 37 or something, that's, I think. That's exactly right. That's what it was. It was by 35 the, out of 37? That's, I'm, 35 I'm, out I'm really proud of myself for that. But uh, By the way, that was a remarkable game. That's oh one of the gosh. best games I've ever seen in was person. 101 to 93 or something yeah. like that? Yeah. I mean, it was so up and down and just such great great players making great plays and so entertaining. That and was, I think it ended was, at like 12.30 a.m. And I can remember a lot about that game that I remember is Cal Perry and everybody involved coming in to the podium just looking like, please let us go home. Don't ask any <laughs> questions. We're exhausted. Like, this right. was ridiculous. Uh, but, yeah. No, that was – I mean, 
They are. They are. For all their flaws, they've done some things in in certain areas that you can point to and go, "This is encouraging." You know, like yeah. Not the not the least of which is beating Michigan State yeah. on a neutral court. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't think they're as good a team as we thought because of that win, and they're not nearly as bad a team as these last two games have made them look. Uh, they're certainly not whole. You know, playing with seven guys is not ideal. And when when two of the, when the two guys missing are your, are again veterans, that's not ideal. Um, but I I think this team will eventually be okay. <laughs> but but I, you can even tell Cal's not a, Cal's not totally sure because he said like no you know, he no, wants it, you know he wants them to play without fear of losing because because that's when other teams come here as underdogs that's what they do they play with nothing to lose and one of the reasons that it kind of gets equalized for them he says this a lot come tournament time is all year they play teams with nothing to lose, taking their best shot, playing wild launching shots. Yeah. But when the tournament comes, everybody has the same exact amount to lose because the, when you lose the game, your season's over. And that, that's true of everyone. And so it takes away a little bit of the advantage of the opponent that they can just come in and play, you know, balls to the wall against you. Um, so he said, you know, that'll be our advantage when we get to March. And he goes, eh, if we can get to March. Like, I don't, I don't even know if we can get to March. <laughs> right. I don't think this is an NIT team, but they, you know, they are going to have to get it together quickly because some hard games are coming fast. I mean, mid-December they're going to play a really good ranked top ten Ohio State team, and then they're going to play yeah. the number two team in the country, Louisville. Uh, and then conference play starts, and the league is going to be hard. Auburn is just, just ripping people to shreds right now. Yeah. Uh, so – We'll get into more of that, uh, and, and Calipari talks about gambling tonight. So we'll, <laughs> we'll discuss that in the next segment here on when Locked On Kentucky continues. But first, let me tell you about Roman. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about with a real doctor who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to Roman, go to getroman.com slash locked and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today and connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to getroman.com slash locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's getroman.com slash locked for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash locked. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. So John Calipari uh, spoke in the postgame about how when teams play Kentucky, usually when they play really well against Kentucky, that next game, they don't play so well, meaning that they gave it all they had, gave Kentucky their best shot, just what we were talking about in the last segment. And so there's a little bit of a letdown in the next game because, you know, they've worn out. They gave it everything they had. Uh, well, how about Evansville uh, Monday night? They were back home against SMU, 
and Pretty Calipari. Good team. I mean, that's a that's a legitimate opponent. Right. But Calipari said that he would, if he was a gambling man, he would bet against the team that they that Kentucky had just played, in this case, Evansville. And so I kind of looked at it and thought, well, Evansville played SMU pretty pretty well tonight, Cal. I don't know if you should be, you know, say it. Well, Evansville was a two and a half point favorite at home. Really? Against they SMU. They were favored against a SMU. Two and a half point favorite, I guess, coming off the. Usually when teams come off huge wins, Vegas says, here's the letdown. But no, Evansville lost at home to SMU 59 57, and SMU's now 4 0. Uh, and Evansville was the favorite in that game. Well, Another- I'll say I, whatever Vegas thinks. I'll say I'm my takeaway from that from a two point loss to SMU right after you beat Kentucky is to say like that's pretty impressive actually. Like that they now they also had a game in between. They played Indiana Kokomo, whatever that is. Uh, oh, they and, did. I didn't realize they, that. Yeah, they won by eighteen. Uh, yeah, that's fine. I mean, I, I'm. Right. I think you'd probably blow out Indiana Kokomo by more if you weren't uh, coming off the big game. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I think losing by two to SMU in the same, you know, within the week of, of beating Kentucky is actually pretty strong. Like, that says to me, like, you weren't full of yourself. Um, right. You know, or you weren't, you hadn't expended everything you had trying to beat Kentucky. But, you know, that's, that's interesting that they were the favorite and they lost. So Cal's right. I mean, I, it's probably. It's probably a pretty safe bet. I, it would be interesting to go back and look at some recently, but it probably is a pretty safe bet when, when somebody beats Kentucky in, in what most people would consider like a an upset, uh, yeah. that the next game, even if they don't lose, it's probably a little bit of a, of a you know drop-off in performance. Yeah, and that thing's been out there for a while. That's nothing new that Cal was saying. People have known about yeah, that the Kentucky uh, in the gambling circles for quite some time, yeah. Um, and by the way, Fairleigh Dickinson, who Kentucky plays, you know, down the road here, they're now one and three. They lost at Army to uh, Monday night, eighty-one to sixty-five. So that that looks good for Kentucky yeah. down the road as they they get ready. Now they get ready for Mount St. Mary's, which uh, I think they're one and three, but they played right. Washington at Washington. Tough. Like, that game yeah, was tied at halftime. They only lost, lost by, 10. by ten. I'm not sure Washington's yeah. any good. <laughs> Everybody, yeah, Tennessee I, just beat them. Everybody right. assumes Washington is good because they got like three five-star guys, including Quade Green. But I, I like, uh, there's a couple of them that are suspect to me, like including Quade. No disrespect to him, but you know the guy right. that Kentucky recruited as well, uh, Jalen McDaniel's or Jaden McDaniel's. Uh, I'm not sold on him. So, yeah, maybe. But uh, Mount St. Mary's uh, is one in three. Their only win is against a team called Gettysburg. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Lost the to, address. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, their nickname should be the address. I don't know what yeah. it is, but it should they be lost the address. By, they lost by 15 to Lamar, which those are Kentucky's next two games. Yeah. Uh, they're playing Mount St. Mary's and Lamar, ranked 262nd and 266th in Ken Palm. Then a tough one against Alabama-Birmingham, which is ranked 149th in Ken mm. Palm. And then... One final uh, really difficult uh, home game before the, they start playing real teams. 248th ranked Fairleigh, Dickin- Fairleigh, Fairleigh, however you say it, uh, Dickinson. That is, uh, I mean, this this is a schedule they should have rolled through. Yeah. Evansville. It was, we were just saying, like, right before Evansville, you know, this the the fortunate thing for Kentucky is you beat a team like Michigan State, and then you get to hold the number one ranking for a month and a half while you figure, right. you know, while you figure out 
you know, iron out the wrinkles. And now we go every game they play like, hey, what's going to happen? I mean, we were already dreaming up undefeated Kentucky and undefeated Louisville one versus two matchup. Yeah, and, that's uh, not happening now. No, but, um, that is that's completely over. Um, well, I don't but, know. I guess, I guess it's possible uh, that I, Kentucky could get to two. Uh, I don't probably know. not. Because I was going to say though, they do they they have that stretch where they play Georgia Tech, Utah, and Ohio State. Right now, Ohio State's eighth in Ken Palm. They beat the hell out of somebody tonight. Um, yeah, I can't remember who they beat, but Stetson, yeah, they killed them. I guess that's yeah. not much to write home about, but they were They're up. up to number They're, 10 in the AP poll now. Um, so if you if you beat Ohio State on a neutral court, if you've got, you know, how many teams, if they were to pull that off, how many teams would have two top 10 wins in the first month of the season, right. um, even with a loss to Evansville? Probably not going to get – Kentucky would probably not get up as high as two. But I think they might be top five again if they beat Ohio State. You know, if they don't lose again and they, they beat Georgia Tech, Utah, Ohio State, they'd probably both be top five teams going into that Louisville game at, at Rupp Arena. But this team in this condition right now. Hey, beating anybody with teams. a pulse. I mean, they're not, yeah. No. They're, they're not beating They need Georgia EJ Tech. Montgomery back. They need to make sure that uh, Khalil Whitney's not too bad. They need quickly back. They, they've got to be whole. And once they're whole, then, then we'll see, and hopefully they're able to get back in good enough shape to face that those you know those tougher non-conference opponents that stretch. Yeah, that would be like kind of the depressing part of it is you know they've got they've got some nice game after this god awful home schedule. They've got some actually pretty nice games uh, to close out the non you know the the 2019 non-conference. Um, yeah. you'd, you'd hope they are at least at a point where they can be competitive in those games. Right. Here's the other thing we don't know. Like maybe this is a team of guys who play to the level of competition. Uh, that happened. I mean, it happens, yeah. you know, like we've seen them, you know, rise up against Michigan state. I mean, Maxie hasn't looked anything like he looked on opening night since opening night no. against these much lesser opponents. Um, you know, maybe that's the case. Ashton Hagen's, you know, has even tonight didn't look as, you know, stout defensively as he did in that opening game. Couple uh, of blowbys, yeah. Yeah. So, and that's one thing we didn't mention. You know, Nate Sestina again. I wrote about it already, and then ended up writing again about it for a second consecutive day. His defense and just getting blown by. He got blown by again tonight. Yeah. And he was really depressed about it again tonight. And he said, it's not on the coaches, it's not on my teammates, it's a personal thing that I have to get over in order for us to make big strides. Uh, he said, it's got to be me taking it personal. I cannot get blown by, and, if I, and I have to do a better job. Otherwise, it's going to kill me, and it's going to kill the team late in the season. Uh, and I, think, I think he's right about that. He's really very realistic. He said, like, I'm, I'm just not very good moving laterally. I knew that coming in here. I worked all summer trying to get better at it, but... I'm clearly going to have to go back to the drawing board because I'm still getting blown by. Um, and teams will attack that. I mean, of they, will try, they will try to bring him out there on the perimeter and, and get by him, and that's that's what Walter McCarty did. And that's um, where he, they miss EJ. Like bring him, yeah. he, he, you bring him in, and when when you get in a defensive matchup like that, and they won't all be that way because a lot of SEC teams and and like sized teams are going to put true four men out there, big guys right, that right. he can play with defensively. But, you know, underdog teams and smaller teams, they're going to run with four guards and they're going to attack you off the dribble and you're going to get smoked if you're EJ. I mean, if you're, if you're Nate. Nate. Yeah. Uh, you know, if EJ's available, you have something to, uh, to attempt to thwart that with. And it, with his length as well, I think EJ, even if he's not in the right spot, he's so much longer. He can just reach out and, you know, 
you know, disrupt a little bit. For, for Nate, it's like if he, ta- he takes a false step or a slow step, the guy's by him and he's laying the ball in the basket. Well, coming up uh, tomorrow on Locked on Kentucky, we'll, we'll talk a little bit of football because by then we will have heard from uh, Eddie Grand and, uh, and we didn't even talk about what Stoops said today, which wasn't really much or else we would have definitely uh, let you know what he did say. Uh, and then, you know, Thursday, John Calipari and the team is going to talk again to preview that Friday game against Mount St. Mary. So we got a loaded up week for you right here on Locked on Kentucky. You can follow me on Twitter at D. R-I-E-F-F-E-R, and Kyle is at? Uh, Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. <laughs> I got you Your caught, Twitter you, handle, you, Kyle. You, Your Twitter you, handle. You, you, caught me, you caught me reading tweets. Uh, <laughs> so great. All right, we'll, we'll end it there, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.